All right, you guys, tonight is another activation night, and I'm really looking forward to a part two of what we had last month. Raise your hand if you weren't here for last month's activation night. Oh, yeah, you were downstairs. I was like, you're always here. <laughs> I think you guys were gone. Yeah, you were on vacation. <laughs> So we are going to have what we're calling a part two, but really what I think is going to happen is as we move through the rest of the night season, unless Yahweh says differently at this point, our activation nights are going to be the same format. We're going to be dissecting together, processing together what we knew what we're learning and how we're responding. So we have a worksheet that we're utilizing and it's very simple. If you weren't here, we have extra, <laughs> but it's very simple. It has scriptures that have been presented this night season that have structured our theology that we have built our doctrine or our mindsets on that until this night season, we knew a certain way. And some of them were the very foundation of our faith. Some of them were the very foundation of our identity. And with that, our purpose literally unto earth and our time here was shaped by those doctrines, by that theology, by our understanding of the word. This night season has been deep and rich and full, but it's also been extremely practical in the sense that Yahweh has laid out this is my word, this is what I say. And then a new understanding has been released for us to wrestle through. Is that what that means? <laughs> that's a simplified version of what we're doing, but ultimately that's what we're doing. So our activation nights are an opportunity for us to sit together. We had small groups around the room, which I'm kind of rethinking a little bit tonight because it is such a small group. So we'll see what we want to do as far as if we still want to split up, maybe we want to just do two groups or what we're going to do. But we had four small groups that we went into different areas of the room and we went through that worksheet and we asked one another, what did you believe that this word meant? What did this scripture mean to you? And then we would process through what have we learned this season that this scripture means now? And then the following question to discuss is, what am I doing about that? How am I responding, recognizing that this night season is, I, f I feel like I can say that this night season is one of the 
grandest invitations that we've been given. There are some invitations that are so simple because they feel like, well, yeah. Why wouldn't I say yes to that? Right? Like when Yeshua says, I'm gonna pull you out of that pit, that pit of despair and hopelessness, addiction, depression, whatever it is, I'm gonna pull you out. It's an invitation. You can say no, but would you? Probably not. (laughs) And so now the invitation for this season is a little bit different, but could be even more weighty because it is so your choice. Which is why there are less and less and less of us. That's not a reflection on numbers tonight because we have a family. So I'm not speaking about those who aren't here because they're recovering from surgery or who aren't well or who are traveling or but, but really the process over the last seven years, because those invitations are less, they're, they're less what we've known, right? Because the invitation to salvation is one we've grown up saying yes and amen, and it's for you too which is part of why he's having to work us through so much because we've learned that salvation is the beginning. And we can say, well, that's what I've always known it as. It's the beginning because it's, it's life. Now I have life. But that's not what he means. It's the beginning, it's the invitation into receiving everything that he has for our lives, including and foundationally, what will become foundationally as his instructions. A life of learning how to live and operate under those instructions. But we've never known that before. So we're having to go all the way back and relearn everything that we thought we knew so that ultimately, for the first time, we can say yes to him, but know what I'm saying yes unto. That's a big distinction. And it's hard work. Has this night season felt like hard work? I hope that it has. Because if it's felt like hard work, it means that you're working. (laughs) It means that you're considering it. It means that you are willing to wrestle through. It means that you're willing to respond. That question, that prompting on the worksheet, you can stop at, yeah, I I heard those. I've heard those scriptures. I have a different interpretation. 
period. Period. You can be done. He doesn't have to continue extending invitation after invitation to receive his loving instructions if you say, this is my interpretation, period, done. But if it's felt like hard work, it's because even if there's an inkling in your heart or something that's more than an inkling, it's pretty strong, (laughs) that says, I think I'm good with that period. If it's hard, there's a greater part of you that's wrestling. And I'm proud of you. While we're wrestling, there's some things that need to be safeguarded. And I'm going to start the night with this because we're going to wrestle together when we get in our small groups. So I want our hearts to be positioned and us to be fully aware of some filters of some previous mindsets that are critical because of who we are called to be. They're critical that we're aware of, that are highlighted, and that we're reflecting on constantly while we wrestle. And these are actually some things that when mom released last week about, I feel like I need to safeguard some things following the birthday party. There's some connections here. And I want to add to or emphasize those connections because it has to do with safeguarding mindsets while we wrestle. Okay, there's two huge, huge previous mindsets that we have to be aware of, even if in us our first response is, I don't believe that, or I don't believe that anymore. I did, but I don't. It has to be so worked out in us, so wrestled through, because of what is continuing to be declared over us as our identity, which is transitionaries. It has to be worked out so thoroughly in us. And the night season is in preparation for that because when the day comes, we're gonna start walking some things out more fully. Okay, these are the two mindsets. These are the perspectives. One is our perspective on covenant and freedom. Two is our perspective about Yeshua as our token. Yeah, Toss. (laughs) All right. The mindset on covenant and freedom. We've been talking and walking out covenant for seven years. Some of us longer because they made a way. They're not here tonight. (laughs) But we have been walking out covenant and personally, what? so what's happened, just big picture, what's happened is everyone just take a, take a breath for just a minute. I see some shoulders. Okay. So what we've been walking out big picture is the process first was extremely internal. Covenant was internal. 
meaning he placed us in a family and he started pressing in every single possible terrible awful way that you're not meant to be alone you actually weren't meant to be placed within a church you were meant to be pl placed in a family that raises you up you're not you're no longer allowed you've actually you were never meant to be allowed to check in with me or check in with one another and check out that's how he prepared us on earth it was covenant here 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 whether you were here seven years ago or not, that work was being done in you so that you could jump in and say, oh yeah, this is family, right? That doesn't mean that you were just, all of that work was bypassed, but it was still being done. So I don't want that to be discounted when I talk about the last seven years. Okay, but it was extremely internal. Then, we started being introduced to, it's not just here, but it's vertical. That's when we heard the lateral and the vertical, right? That it's about intimacy. It's about relationship with him. It's about yada, it's about knowing him, right? You're a son, you're a daughter. And we're a family, and this is the structure that was always intended to be. So we're, re we're reconciling all of that, right? That's all covenant. Until in this last year or so, Yahweh said, and now you're engaged. And the concept of covenant became so tangible and so real in a way that I've never ever understood it felt it hungered for it yearned for it knew it at some level but never understood until he said and now you're engaged do you know what that means I'm preparing you for something I'm preparing you and I'm asking your permission so we start walking out a process of divesting. Then it's time to walk out covenant. And I still personally had no idea what that really would mean. That it would mean what it means to us now, as far as the law and his instructions, right? It was maybe this lofty thought of, oh, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be bound to him in a way that I never have before, yes. I'm gonna be closer to him than I ever have before, yes. I'm gonna get rid of all of those things that have been in me, that have been, right? When, when divestment came and all of that, and it was like, yes, yes. And then he's like, and this is how. And there's a tendency to kinda of pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> because we've never heard that before. 
And there's some mindsets that have come with covenant that we're safeguarding as we receive what covenant truly means and what it looks like to be bound to him because before to be free was in opposition to being bound. I spent my whole life, and I'm speaking on behalf of the bride, my whole life learning how to walk free because I just keep being bound by earth, right? Isn't that our story? I, earth just keeps, I, I just, I have Yeshua, but I just feel so bound, right? Even though I'm free and there's never an answer, never an answer because what we've known is he is freedom. And that's all you need. That's it. He is freedom, so I'm fully free. So when covenant is being broken down and what it looks like is to be bound to law, be bound to instructions, there's something in us that it it just doesn't, it, it doesn't sit. It can't connect. It feels like it's in absolute opposition and it's, it's that it's hypocritical, that it's blasphemous even, that you're diluting the very name and the very reason Yeshua came if all of a sudden you're saying, I'm still not free, then what did he die for? That's blasphemous. One of the things that is being safeguarded from the birthday party only because of this inkling of of an old mindset of covenant versus freedom and what it looks like is in our pictures, what you saw was on your face, weeping, praise, worship, crying out, And then we move into covenant, the time frame that's associated with covenant. And when we're walking that out and it's barbecues and it's, mm -hmm, and it's picnics and it's the 4th of July. And those are incredible reflections of being a family and the life that we get to live because we're relational and because we walked out seven years ago that this is what covenant looks like on earth. But if there's an inkling of a mindset that on my knees and on my face is being bound and having time together and not, are are you hearing me? What that means? The pot, all of those kinds of things. We have potlucks and we eat. That's what mom was feeling when she was like, I didn't know how to follow that because all of a sudden all you see is us eating, (laughs) right? But what you didn't see because these moments are harder to capture is not only what got us there, but what 
the covenant that came first was meant to get us to a place where we can walk so closely together as he binds us to him in a whole other way. So we have to safeguard our mind that what we're associating with freedom isn't lawlessness. What we're associating with being bound is actually freedom. And it's easier to understand when you look at it from the perspective of a parent, right? We're children. So we see it from the perspective of a child. And that's okay because we haven't been raised up in that yet. And a child sees freedom a certain way. It doesn't look like being obedient to your rules. It doesn't look like submitting to your direction. It doesn't look, right, that makes me feel bound. But as parents, we see that clearly and we know, no, this is how I set you free. This is so that you are never, ever bound to anyone or anything but him. I'm positioning you for that. The directions that I give you are to care for you and to make sure that your life is full and free. When you're a parent, that perspective is so clear. And you learn quickly that when you don't operate that way, when you operate in freedom, as the world would say it, or the church would say it when it comes to Yeshua, that that is when lawlessness happens. Without boundaries, without guidelines, without loving instructions, that is when lawlessness happens. And if there's never a direction, you don't even know that it's lawlessness. So there's so much that's being untwisted. And one of the, this, this aspect of covenant and freedom, if we're at least not aware that there's a potential for that to be our mindset, then even things like activation, the word, all of the things that we're wrestling through are gonna be through that filter. Which is why Yahweh said at the beginning of this season, can you lay down everything that you've known? Because those filters are detrimental to what he's adding, what he's building, what he's birthing you in so that you can be bound. Right. The second mindset that we have to be aware of and we have to safeguard that it's worked out all the way through is Yeshua as our token. When Yeshua is our token, Meaning, when everything begins and ends with him, with the cross, that it's done. I have no responsibility. That is scary for this group of people because you are transitionaries. And 
everything that you are going to carry is it is your responsibility and it is something that you have to put your hands to he will not do it for you just like a response to the invitation is your choice so is walking out a transitionary lifestyle on behalf of the bride this identity that's being released over us continually and is now starting to build momentum. We heard the word once, you're a transitionary. And I don't know about you guys, but when that word was released, was it last year that dad first released that or was it two years? Two? Okay. Anyway, whenever it was, it was, I, I had so much clarity and peace because I felt like, oh, okay, now I know where I stand. Now I know that purpose that I've cried out for, that understanding, that dot connecting. Do you guys dot connect in your life where you're like, okay, so this, this makes sense for why I've always thought this, and this makes sense for why I struggled with that, and this may, right? So transitionary is our identity. And what that means fully and what it has to do with Yeshua as our token is that as transitionaries, we're not only shifting personally, just like the last seven years, cutting season, covenant, every process, divestment, every process that each of us has walked out to transform that as a transitionary now, it's time to transition her, the bride. That absolutely he cares intimately and extravagantly about your personal freedom unto being bound to him. But his heart's cry is that in your maturity, in your process of sonship, in your, in, in your, all of those things that you walked out, that it would lead you to a place where you're ready on behalf of the bride to shift her entire culture. It feels lofty because this is us. But this isn't it. It's a time that Yahweh said, transitionaries are moving my bride back to her original intent. That's what we are. However, one of the struggles we will face is that as transitionaries, we are having not only to, not only to relearn a culture, but relearn a way of thinking, operating, and moving. When Yahweh released 
over us in these last seven years, the things that have kept the bride separated from him, because that's what it's about at the end of the day, right? Is that his heart's cry is for his people to be reunited fully with him. And with that culture and that shift that's taking place, the things in the last seven years that Yahweh has said, this is where the bride has been, is who you are. Hear me when I say this. It's going to sound a little harsh. It's not who we are, but this is what the bride's been characterized by. Right? This has been the word that's been released over us for the last seven years to walk out. Entitled. Complacent incapable of follow through, stagnant, selfish, unaware, prideful, builds up her own kingdom, and on and on and on in the sense of the things that Yahweh revealed to us and entrusted us with, just like things are being uncovered now, then in the last seven years, her condition, her state has been uncovered. All resulting from separation. There's no, accu- there's no accusation in it, in the sense of, oh, you're ugly. It's, you're so far away. Why? Why are you so far away? How did complacency get there? I, I created you to be so movable and so, right? That, that, is, that is his heart. So when we talk about receiving a new culture and being able to shift the bride, we have to recognize what it takes for us to shift because of what we've always been characterized by. And that can be extremely personal in each of our lives as far as like, yeah, I identify with complacency. Or yeah, I I really identify with selfishness. I struggle to, to, to see outside of my own state right? We have, we have been, you have been, we've been walking that out. I know that because we wouldn't have gotten to this place. Meaning he wouldn't be opening up his book of instructions and saying, okay, I'm going to start preparing your hearts to receive this. If that work hadn't been done, but it has to be safeguarded. Because even in that work that's been done, it's still what she's characterized by. So there are still tendencies in us to revert back to that very state because it's her state and it's the state that she's been in or that she's been operating from for centuries. We're starting to understand why. We're starting to understand how how could it get to a place where at you know, at 37 years old, I'm just realizing these things. Well, century after, right? We're, We're learning that now. But thank God we're, we're learning it. It's being identified. But that shift is so hard because we're having to not only work ourselves out, 
of that condition, but we're having to battle an entire culture that says, no, that's who you are. That's not complacent, that's free. Right? That's not, we're not um, inactive or immobile. We just, we just trust in, in Yahweh. We just trust in God. I gave, I gave Jesus my life. So for me to put my hands to something, I, I'm not trusting him then. Right? I mean, those, those are the mindsets that we're having to not only crawl our way out of, but then also stand as a representative of the bride, as transitionaries in such, such a convicted manner that she will never be recognized that way again. And the wrestling that you're doing now, the why, if you're wondering, why am I doing this? It's so hard. Why? Because if you're in this house and if you consider yourself a part of the remnant and his set apart people, then it is your responsibility to transition her fully so that it doesn't have to be again. It doesn't have to be done again. And that the next generation what they get to do is add. What they get to do is build. They don't have to cut. They don't have to divest. <laughs> because they will be fully submitted, fully covered and fully blessed under his loving instructions. But that is up to every single one of us. So when you're given an opportunity, like a worksheet, which sounds so silly, when we're talking about the cost or the weight of your life, are you considering the night season with the weight of your life? It's like, so a worksheet? or asked to take, take this home, take a scripture home and dissect it. And it's like, I've been reading the word my whole life. That is your why. And if you're struggling to identify as a transitionary, you better wrestle that all the way through. Because his word over this house is that that is who we are. And the wrestling, the invitation from Yahweh to wrestle is literally a response or a declaration over your identity. He says, this is who you are. Now here's your assignment. So you said yes but that work has to be done. 
Because if it's not, and mom spoke to this a little bit last week about the wrestling something all the way through, because if it's not wrestled all the way through, this will not be sustainable. It will be a movement. For a period of time where community, communities around the nation called themselves the remnant and they said, we are those set apart people and we're going to go back to the original intent. It lasted about a hundred years. It lasted 15, 20. That is our responsibility. And that has to come from your conviction. Before we move into our activities, our activity tonight, I just want to release just one word of encouragement. That the more you wrestle, as hard as it is, and it's hard, because not only are you having to allow him to continuously walk you through a personal process of maturity, which is excruciating, and a personal process of transformation. But now you're having to wrestle all the way through what you've always known. Maybe even what your entire life was built on, your parents' lives, their parents' lives. But I promise that the more you wrestle, the more his identity will be deposited and stirred up in you. And once you grab a hold of that, once you grab a hold of identity and it gives you purpose, you will do anything. Have you ever had those moments where all of a sudden your purpose, maybe it's like with your kids or, you know, with whatever your, your purpose in a moment, it's so clear and you're, I would do anything. I would die. I would write for my children. It's the same way that once you wrestle it all the way through, that purpose will ground you. The identity that you carry as a son, as a daughter, as a mature son, a mature son and daughter, and then ultimately as a transitionary, it will fuel you to such a degree and it will stir up so much hunger because it is clear. I understand with, with 100% certainty what I am meant to do with the rest of my life on earth. Once that is your truth, 
can do anything that he asks of you because it's on behalf of. And it's unto something. We're really close. You're really close. I just wanted to add one or highlight maybe one thing that Megan said that really stood out to me. Um, as we're shifting, well, as we're shifting and thinking about our worksheets, um, that one thing she said was, we've been having to go back to unlearn, um, unlearn everything we have ever known so that we can know what we're saying yes to which means we have been saying yes to something. Our perception of who he is, our perception of his word, our perception of history, our perception, we have said yes already to something. Like we are in agreement, I should say, with something. So we're having to unlearn some things so that we can fully say yes to what his scriptures actually mean so that we are fully bound only to him because we are bound to other things without unlearning what we're unlearning. We're bound to our ideology of what freedom looks like. If I have a filter of this is what it looks like to be free. This is what it means to be at peace. This is what it means to have joy. If I have a filter and a paradigm and a concept of what that means, then it's going to be really difficult if he brings his concept of what it means to be a peacemaker. If I think peace is on a beach with a drink and no worries, and yet he brings a sword, it's going to be really hard to reconcile because I've already said yes to this, but this is what that means. So when we're preparing our hearts with the worksheet, it is just that opportunity to be able to sit across from one another, to be able to like just hear from each other because we are all walking through this. I had a perception of who Paul is, not that we're going over Paul in the scriptures tonight, but I just mean last week when dad unleashed about who he is and about his um, conversion, I had some preconceived ideas of who I thought he was. And those thoughts have what set me up of who Yahweh is because they don't, they don't match. Paul seems mean, Yeshua seems nice. So then he's a hypocrite. Like, I can't make sense of Yahweh's character if I have a preconceived notion of who, who Paul is. So in the same way, if I have a preconceived notion or a, something that I have been taught that's been handed down to me about what any of the scriptures mean, then it, then it, it makes it impossible to be able to receive more because my, my frame of mind is limited, right? If I have one thought, I can't see outside of that thought. So the purpose of activation nights, um, and you guys are already here, so you're stuck in it, but the purpose of activation nights is to activate, to literally like, okay, you guys, what is your perspective on 
Matthew 5, because I am just not getting it, right? Like how wonderful it is to sit across from one another and be able to um, identify with that wrestling, that there's nothing worse in life than wrestling by ourselves. But if I know like, okay, (laughs) we're all really struggling. We're all wrestling. We're all having to dive in. So the purpose is to be able to strengthen one another and find encouragement in um, just hearing from each other. So we have a little something to kind of help with our transition. Everyone take one. Don't eat it yet. Uh, I want, once we all have them, um, I want us to just kind of hold them in our, in your hand. We're almost there. All right. So everybody, kids as well, take your chocolate and hold it in your hand. And I want you to look at me. So a lot of times we know that like Yahweh holds you in the palm of his hand. I'm not mocking that scripture. (laughs) You're the apple of his eye. Like you're right. Well, this transition or this wrestling match that we are undertaking voluntarily, I might add, voluntarily undertaking, which total side note, did you know that when you voluntarily face the things that you are the most afraid of, that you're more afraid of that and you voluntarily face it head on, you have more, more possibility to actually overcome that thing. When you voluntarily look it in the eye and, and, and wrestle it to the ground, then if you just have crisis hit and then you're stuck facing it. You are characterized by being an overcomer because you're voluntarily taking on a challenge that no one else, it would seem, is. So, you who are voluntarily taking on this wrestling match, you are holding Yahweh's heart in your hand. This process of going from engagement to covenant, we're holding his heart, which means we are responsible with that heart. Yes, he holds you. Yes, you are the apple of his eye. Yes, that's true. And just like Megan's saying about Yeshua, it is up to us to hold his heart in our hand. Like that's our duty. That is our responsibility. So in this super sweet chocolate, we, we thought would just help that word go down easier. <laughs> um, so you guys can eat your chocolate whenever you want. But that's what these little hearts represent.